when you were a kid, like, did you have like this ever entrepreneurial spirit to like the lemonade stand, rake yeah, leaves? Right. Exactly. Uh, I had all that. I mean, I, you know, shoveling snow, but I had this great idea to have a haunted house in my basement. I was probably, I had to be eight or nine, maybe even younger. <laughs> so hung, you know, rafters, you know, unfinished basement, hung sheets, paper mache heads. It was horrible. I mean, it was, it was horrible. It wasn't scary. It was just a bunch of junk. That's all it was. Turned off the lights and played some music, and I charged the kids in the neighborhood, I think, five or ten cents to come in. And I think I had about six kids lined up. Every one of them wanted a refund. <laughs> I knew this was not my business. But I, I failed miserably, but I love the idea that I can make some money. I just had to figure out a different way of making money. There's my quick little. Uh, so that was, a, that was that was one of the start. start. Yeah. So what you learned yeah. was yeah. what? Uh, better quality of everything. <laughs> so <laughs> better nowadays, quality. Nowadays you're you're more focused on better quality. Quality, quality is everything. Quality. Exceed the customer's expectation. <gasps> Never let them think that I pay too much. Always think, man, I'm getting more than what I expected. All those life lessons, I still think about. I had to give everybody their five cents. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to get beat up at the bus stop. I was eight and nine. I was scared. I was more scared of them than I was in my spook house. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to <laughs> another edition of Beach Talks. I've got my friend Ricky Kalman with us today. He's fascinating <laughs> to me because we both spend a lot of time and effort on thinking about what we're thinking about, really. So Ricky's got this incredible vast background and um, the main thing I want you to do is go out and get his book leverage your mindset but Ricky you know he's basically in my opinion he's a little bit in the entertainment business so he goes to fortune 500 companies and you know they're having their big events and he goes in and he puts on you know he's the entertainment for the thing and he talks about how to change how you're thinking to yourself He's also a hypnotist. He did a lot, he's done a lot of that, still does a lot of that stuff. So he can play that off the stage, right? Does That's some right. of that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, and he's, he's kind of quasi-famous. I mean, he's been on TV. He's been on, like, you know, CNN and Fox or whatever, those kind of shows, Disney. So I'm just tickled to death to have him because he's right here in Alpharetta and, um, Thank you for being here, Ricky. I appreciate it. It's great to see you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, well, you had me on your podcast. I did. Too, I did. Right? So we're, it's reciprocity. Again. Yeah, there you go. No, it's, I, I love what I do. I am blessed that 30 plus years um, I've been doing this. People ask, what did you do before this? What, what, what was your job before that? Like, no, no, no there, I've never really had a job. <laughs> I've, I've never been hired uh, by anybody. No, like, no, I've too. never had a W. Uh, what's that? <laughs> I have to like think, what, what, what does that mean? Um, yeah. I've done this my entire life. The business has grown. Um, I love it. And it's, it keeps getting better every single day. I think that's the key to being an entrepreneur is trying to figure out how, do you be, how can you be better every day? Not that today was a bad day. I celebrate every day. Celebrate right. the, the gift of everything. But right. how can I grow my business and how can I serve my clients, who now are my friends, right. every day a little bit better? So how do you do that? You reinvent yourself every day. I think Does something come to you that 
You, ch you challenge yourself. You, you yeah. figure out what's going to work, and if it doesn't, you find out. And if you fail, you, you just don't do it again. So break that down for me. So a thought comes to you? Thought comes to me. Um, well, I think that you, you first you have to you have see to, something. I think it starts with you have to give yourself permission. Okay. All right. So let's say you're you're a, a nine to fiver and you're just doing the same thing over and over again every day. And if you're comfortable with that, that's absolutely fine. Right. But what would it feel like if it was a little more adventurous? What if it would would it feel like if you challenged yourself to do something a little bit different every day and see where that takes you? Now, I'm not saying take a risk. I'm not like saying maybe go to lunch at a different place every day. Yeah. Meet somebody new. Never meet a stranger. Um, say hello to people. Appreciate everybody that's around you. That you know, you think about the people that are around you. That you know, maybe they're doing a job. Maybe it's somebody you hired. Maybe it's a salesperson. Maybe maybe it's a client. How can you make the experience, your interaction, a little bit better too? I think it just goes a long way. But starts. With, I think it starts with giving yourself permission. To, to make those things happen. So do you feel like people are missing that excitement in their life, that something extra? And, and I say that because guys like us, we're, we're, we're like automatically geared that way. I don't know if we got it from birth or we just decided to go that way. But I think most people aren't like that. They think we're a little crazy and, you know, a little out there sometimes, you know. Okay, so I'll ask you and I'll ask the viewers watching this right now. Something I ask even during my live keynotes, anywhere I'm doing something for self-care. How many people would like to, in the audience listening or even just watching the, the program right now, would like to sleep better, feel better, ha be happier, healthier, uh, more prosperous, a, a better significant other, be richer? I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying I want a little more money. All those things that I just said, work out more. I mean, I'll keep going. Think about all your... Your There's a best, whole list of those. Right. Who, who doesn't want a little Everybody bit more? Everybody does. Now, we can come up with a thousand excuses what's in our way, but it's usually ourself that's the number one factor. So if you can identify and realize that your biggest obstacle is sometimes you from achieving even more success, let's get out of your own way. All right, so how do we do that? Well, I think you start with that. You start with this plan. You gotta have a plan. You can't yeah. just have random thoughts. I mean, you have great intentions. You get up in the morning, you have a random thought, you go on your talks and you record something. I bet you how many times have you said something and you go, you know what, that's a good idea. I should do that. Right. Well, do you actually do it or do you get too excited about it and something else gets in the way? Both. Okay. So but most what, times something else gets. So done. what what would what would you think is the best way to putting that to action? So I come back and I write it down in my uh, in my calendar. So Bingo. I, I use a calendar as a task pad. There you go. And then if I feel like it's something I need to work on, I move it every day so I keep seeing it. Mm -hmm. If it's something that I'm trying to change my thought process on, I write it down and put it to recur every day for seven days a week at the same time, so that every day I see it. Boom. You're, you're actually doing exactly it? what I do every single day. So that's, that's pretty much my plan. Now, I, I'm not saying it's going to work for the person no, watching. No, but how do people institute that? I think you have to develop. Listen, how many times have you ever gone to uh, Ikea and bought something? Have you ever been to an Ikea? Yeah. Have you ever taken, when you take it home and you open it up? I, did go, you, did, I don't want to do this again. Yeah. And, and then did you actually <laughs> try to do it without looking at the directions? I've done it, yeah, and that wasn't very good. How many parts were left over? <laughs> a lot. When you were all done? Yeah, you thought you, back apart. Yeah, yeah, we're sure. We're, we're guys. We're, it's like, I got this. I, it, listen, <laughs> it's four sides and a top. Who needs to look at the directions? I got this. There's like five tools and an extra side laying on the ground. What do you do? I hate it. I 
point is there's there's a direction. But now sometimes even reading the directions, we gotta you know, there's directions because they're per, they have purpose. Software is driven by directions and code. Okay. Right. Everything is really think about it. If you have a plan, you build a studio, you build a home, you build a business. There's a reason why it's written out. I, I think we forget how important it is to write out our plan and figure out how to do all those things. Come up with a solution. You, I, you know the problem. So is that the same as goal setting? I, I think so, but it goes a little bit deeper. Okay. How? Well, because somebody might just say, I have a goal of doing this. Well, now you wrote it. Tell me how you're going to do it. And, and, and you can come up with several different ways. I want to make a million dollars. Okay, well, that's great. How are you going to do it? Well, what do you mean? No, I, I want you to actually write it out. But your mind, your mind itself has to have a visualization to really functionally do these things. It, it will act on its intention. It'll act on, act on its last belief. So if you say, well, it's a great idea, I'd love to have it, a million dollars is awesome, but I don't know how realistic it is, and you know, and I'm, I'm this age, and I don't know. Now you're just coming up with excuses, and now your mind believes what you just said. So you know what it will do? It's going to work really hard to make those things happen. That's the key, right, is that your mind starts working on it once you put it in there and tell it to work on it, right? It's going to win to fail based on your belief. So if you say it, I can't do it. Uh, it's not possible. And, you know, I, I'm not good enough. What would I do? I don't think I have enough time. It really does identify those thoughts as truth. Do you ever take logic in college? No. It's a very confusing. I thought it would be an easy, easy thing. I got a D plus. I barely passed the class. I thought, what is this? True, false, true, false. I'm going to be fine. No, you really dive into the understanding of of formulas. And then when I left, I'm like, I want to take it all over again. Uh, because you really have to understand that, that when you write something, it has power. So when I speak at colleges, one of the things I try to tell kids, I say, if this is the story I tell them, I say, if all of us decided today that we were going to go to Paris, France, that we all wanted to go to Paris, nothing happens until we put a date on so until we decide, we're just going to talk about it in class until one day somebody says, we're going on July the 4th. Now, once we do that, then we all sit down and say, okay, we're going to July the 4th. What do we need to know in order to be there on July the 4th? How much is airfare? When we land in Paris, how are we going to get to the hotel? What hotel are we going to stay in? What attractions? So those become your mini task, right? And I say... So as you lay that out, like you're planning a trip, if you do that with your life mm -hmm. and you say, I want to be this or I want to be that, what are the things I need to do to get there? And then you just start doing the little tasks and you check them off one at a time and then you wake up one day and you're in prayer, so it's July the 4th. Yeah. Even by writing it out and you look at the airfare, you're unconsciously making decisions how you can afford that. And if you don't have the money, maybe you'll unconsciously make decisions by not spending money for a dinner. So is there a secret piece that says, when I look at that and I think, I can't do that, is there a way to, to change your belief that you can? Because I might say, I really don't have that much money. Like, I want to go, I want to go do a business or I want to go buy a commercial building. Oh, that's going to cost me $5 million. I don't have $5 million, so I don't, I'm going to end that thought process. You just said it. I don't have it. I can't do it. So, right. So my belief was that's not going to happen. Right. How do I change my belief to say, you know what? I do still really want to buy that $5 million building, 
how do I start convince? Is there a way to convince myself that I can change my belief that I can do it? Well, your mind heard you can't do it, so it now believes that. Everything starts with a belief, and so it's going to make sure that it, it doesn't, happen. doesn't happen. Now, you just addressed the problem. The problem is you don't have the money, <laughs> and you've just given only one solution. I don't think I can get it. Right. And you've stopped there. At that one problem. Right. So now you've just said, well, I can't do it. I don't have it. It's going to be too hard. Give up. You, you didn't give me enough solutions. So how do I convince myself to believe that I can do it? What's the steps to do that? I, I think it's change changing that. the way you think about when you address a problem. So I say, okay, I want to buy this $5 million building. I'm going to do it. What's it going to take? It's going to take $5 million to do it. So what I need to do is figure out how I'm going to get the $5 million. Oh, go to somebody like you and say, okay. I'm going to need a loan. What's it going to take and how much money do I need for a down payment? Okay, if I don't have that. I already know the answer. Okay, so then if I need 20%, 30%, 40%, whatever, now i got to talk to other people. I'm going to surround myself with really smart people around me, and it might not happen in a, in a year so a or two years. dollars building, I'm going to need 25% down, so I'm going to need a million bucks. So now i got to say, okay, who do I know will go in with me to help me get the million? How much of that million do I have? How much of that million do I need to get other people to help me with, right? Or if you want to do it all on your own, Surround yourself with people that give you other solutions. Okay, in the next five years, if you do these X things, you might be able Have to save. There you go. But we don't. We're 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 not perfect. We're human, and sometimes the easy road is sometimes the the, the smartest one to us. And it's it's not. It's almost like losing weight. It's like okay, I can't lose ten pounds. Why even start now? You know what? I'll start my New Year's resolution. New Year's. Well, that's an excuse to fail before you even start. So why, if you have a New Year's resolution, why aren't you starting it now? And when you say, I can't lose weight, then you've already affirmed it. So, and you think it's too hard. So what if you just focus on one pound during one week for 10 weeks? So take it into baby bites. Absolutely. We've been programmed to try to get everything quick. I mean, our, we, let's face it, we're in a bubble sometimes. We, we have an idea. We want something. Listen, we can, we can order something. It could be at our house within a few hours. You remember when you ordered something? You're like, it'll be there in two weeks. Wow, it'll be here in two weeks? That's so exciting. <laughs> if it's not here in 10 minutes, we're already upset. Right. But our brain needs to look at different ways of thinking about things. Um, listen, when we were young, when you were really young, your brain was pretty much open. You didn't know anything. We, we didn't have fears. And our fears were small. I mean, it was a clown or a boogeyman or whatever it was. Maybe they created a fear, the lightning of a storm. That was our biggest problem. Now it's like, oh, am I going to pay a bill? That's even worse than anything else. But is it really a problem or just a challenge? Or is it an opportunity to learn how to figure out things out? If you're fearing something, let's figure out different ways to overcome that fear. And that's where our mindset comes into play. What maybe it served us at one point, what you thought was guiding you and you, with all the great intentions, maybe it doesn't serve you now as well as it should be where you are in your life. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's a different pivot for you or a different challenge or a different opportunity for you to grow. So that's important in your opinion is for us to have challenges to continue to grow. What's it feel like when you make somebody happy? I do it all the time. I love it. It's unbelievable. You, yeah. you tell people all the time, you love your business. Yeah, I love my business. Why do you love your business? Well, I get to see people and fulfill their dreams. Mm -hmm. you, know, you help people close 
uh, one of their, the hardest decisions they have between marriage, children, and a home, right? All right. It's a great feeling. That's why you love what you do. You, uh, Steve, you're, you're an incredible guy. You're very charismatic. You've never seen, I, I, I said this before, you're the mayor of your village. You love meeting people, love to get to know people, but you serve people such a way that they know he's going to take care of me. Yeah. He's going to help me no matter what it is. Right. That feeling that you get by serving somebody is unbelievable. Kind of the, and that's what, what we call giver's high or whatever. Yeah. So when people say to me, what's, what's your favorite place? I, my favorite place is on stage. I love my family and they're my top priority. But what makes me happier more than anything in the world in my personal life, other than family, because they're top, they're number one, is that's my, that's my, because you my feel best. like you're up there and you're giving them Get, give, your yeah, knowledge right. to help them get better. Yeah. And whatever I give them, I hope it makes a difference. And then maybe they'll tell somebody else about their happiness or their success. And maybe they are do, they're, be, they're doing better in their life and they're less stressed or they're making more money or they're better with their significant other and their families at home because the challenges they thought were so overwhelming aren't such a big challenge anymore. So tell me about hypnosis. I know you do that. Tell me where that works. What's bad about it? What's misunderstood well, about it? Should I wake you up now? Yeah, or wake no? me up. <laughs> That's the when I say hypnosis, what do you think of? Uh, being put in a state that is almost like being high. Okay. So you said being put in. So mm-hmm. you're saying, I'm just dissected a little no. bit because the average person I think thinks like what you just right. said, because if you never really, if you we're only expose to what we see, right? What we see, we well, it believe seems like somebody hypnotizes right. you. So they're putting you into right state. I, no. I have the power to put you in a trance or some kind of unconscious state. Yeah. Exactly. Or don't look me in the eyes because I'm, I don't trust you and I'm not letting somebody get in my head. That is just the opposite of what this is. We see something on TV, we read a book, we read an article, we watch a movie, we see a show that's maybe exploited hypnosis. It has nothing to do with a swinging watch or my voice or some mystical sounding meditation music that's going to put you in a trance. You ever driven your car 20 or 30 miles and you blink and you go, "Ah, what was I doing? Yeah, I don't even remember where I was. You put yourself in that state. Nobody else did, right? Right. You watch a sporting event. Somebody walks into the room and they're talking to you right here. You're glued to the TV. You don't hear a word they're saying. You magically try to void out their sounds, but yet you were laser focused on what you're watching. That's a form of hypnosis. So take away the word hypnosis. Think of it as a very relaxed state where you're not distracted by all the emails and the conversations or where you're going to go or what conversation you just had or what you have to do tomorrow. You're so in the now mode, you're so hyper-focused, that's all you care about is that very moment. There's absolutely no control by a hypnotist. So I understand, and I, I, I do get that people think that there's this control factor. There is absolutely nothing. I have no control over anybody. In my entire career of 30 plus years of hypnotizing people and the hundreds and hundreds of thousands in my career, um, everybody can be hypnotized. But really, I'm not hypnotizing them. They're hypnotizing themselves. Okay, that's cool. I'll give you an example. You golfer? Yeah. You ever had a golf lesson before? Yeah. 
So when you're with the golf coach, who's playing golf? Me. Is the coach playing for you? No. Nope. Is the coach hitting the ball? No. Nope. Is the coach guiding you? No. Nope. Is the coach teaching you techniques to become a better golfer? Yeah. Boom. That's what you do. So if you want, change it from a hypnotist to a mindset coach. You're either going to say, hey, I want to be a better golfer. I'm not in the mood for it today. I don't care what you say. I'm not going to swing the club like you want me to. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if I mess up, I mess up. Or you can say, you know what, Ricky, I trust you. I know you're not going to do anything crazy. I know you're not going to embarrass me because you got everything to lose and everything to gain by this experience. Meaning, if I embarrass you, I'm going to be in trouble. If I make you feel good, I'm a hero. Right? Right. So now, let me just help you relax. Let me help you get to a point of just, let's just breathe. Let's just get calm. Let's forget about everything else and just be in the, be present with me. When you ask people to be present, they don't know how to identify. What's that mean? They come up with answers. Present, be, be in the now. Well, have you ever been in the now? The really in the now? <laughs> yeah, well, 20 years ago, maybe. <laughs> Is that the same as what's happening with the Buddhists and all that? And they're getting. Well, it's, I think it's, it, it, it's a, a form of relaxation, form of concentration, consciousness, awareness, um, tranquility. Mm -hmm. But remember, these are just words. Okay, so when you get there, how do you help people work through issues they're having? You have an intention. You need a plan. You need to hear the plan. And the best way to engrave that plan is when you're relaxed. If you're running out the door and somebody yells at you to pick something up and you're in a rush and you're on a phone call and you got other things in your mind and they yell, hey, don't forget peanut butter, chances are you're going to probably forget peanut butter. But if I sat you down and said, Steve, take a breath for a second. The next time you're at the grocery store, I need you to get me some peanut butter. When you walk into that store and you're going down the aisles, I want you to look for the peanut butter aisle. And I want you to find me the best peanut butter you can ever find. And I don't care how much it costs. I want you to look at the label and the ingredients. You're getting kind of hungry right now. Do you like peanut butter? <laughs> no, but <laughs> All right. I've, I've, I've got that visual going yeah. down the aisle. I want you to surprise me. Jelly. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to surprise me and find me the best peanut butter ever. Now, see what we just did here? We just had a conversation. We're gonna, next time you go shopping, you might just think of me. Or if you were going shopping right now, the most likely you would probably get that peanut butter. Your mind needs to have that conscious visualization. So, then you, so you take that same theory, somebody wants to lose weight. Lose weight, Quit stop smoking, smoke. biting their nails, probably confidence. Two, We've been doing times. it for years. Okay, so what's the conversation that you're trying to get somebody to think about if they're trying to lose weight? Well, first is... Because you're first, not going to tell them to go look for peanut butter. No, no, but let's use diet as... As, as an example, okay. the word diet, it has the word die in it. It doesn't sound like fun. Have you ever been on a diet in your life? No. Ask anybody that's been on a diet. It's a deprivation. They like, they're yeah. miserable. They're angry. They're hangry. You know, they're, they're you know, bitter because I can't have it. If somebody offers them a, hey, would you like an Oreo cookie? Would you like a hot piece of, you know, no, uh, no I can't. I'm on a diet. You want to give them a hug now. You feel sorry for them. I think you have to change the way you think about food. Don't de deprive yourself. Let's just think about the moderation. Let's think about how much we're eating. Do we need everything? Do we need everything on my plate? Do we have to uh, eat everything because we paid for it? 
Mm. You know, we have to, we we have to slow figure down. Out what the trigger is. Right. You know, the average family sits down and has a meal. How long it takes them to have that meal? What's the average time? And a family will sit down at their home, not a restaurant, at their home and have a meal. What's the average time? 15 minutes. It's about four and a half. Usually the time they're sitting down, inhaling their food, they're already off doing something else. Now, I'm not talking about a special occasion or celebration. I'm talking about just... In and out. And now you've heard this. What's the time span that takes the stomach to tell the brain, we're full, you better slow down? <laughs> yeah, it's probably like 20 minutes. So our math is a little off. Science you've is telling us. Up before your brain tells you you've had too much. Yeah. So we, maybe we need to slow down a little bit. Maybe enjoy company. Chew a little bit slower. Look on our plate and say, wait a minute, whoa. This portion size is not the same for everybody. Maybe everybody doesn't need a, a whole sandwich. Maybe for me it's a half now. Uh, you just have to think about things differently. Slow down. And that's what hypnosis does for you. It helps you relax and focus on those things but so you're not you an do, autopilot. But when you're doing that with somebody, do you kind of need to do some background to kind of figure out what they're struggling with? In Let that? them, that's, that, their job is to figure out those things. Okay. So that's a little bit of homework. I'll give you some generic suggestions. But You'll give them the homework before they come in for or the, Or they'll listen to one of my audio programs. I don't, I, honestly, we, uh, I, I travel, so I don't get a chance to do one-on-one -on -one sessions, mm -hmm. you know, like I used to many years ago on, mm -hmm. on platform. But uh, even like when you use my mobile app and you follow the program, you just, well, you just listen. Where's your mobile app? Go on online from any of you, whether you're Android or iOS, just go to your app store and search my name, Ricky Kalman. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do to find and it. And they load the app up and the app. Download it, create an account, and check out the programs. And the app's got what on there? Literally, it's a mindset coach in the palm of your hands. I become your personal coach. We've uh, tackled topics from golf, stress, challenges, education, sports, weight loss, stop smoking, um, uh, sleeping better, reducing stress, um, uh, confidence, self-esteem. Coming up with new programs all the time, but I'm going to teach you a little bit more about meditation where it's not this swinging watch and I feel good, warm, fuzzy blanket. Oh, I better put some soft music. Hey, just take a few moments and just breathe a minute. You think about professional athletes that use guided imagery and, and yeah. breath. Well, if they use it, why can't I use it? What's right. it what, they're no different. I mean, I can't do what they do physically, but I can sit down and visualize my ability to do something better. Yeah. And most of us don't do that. But that's what it comes down to. We get into a habit or a pattern yep. to unconsciously do the same thing over and over again. And the weird thing is we just accept that's the way it's done. Why change it? So the book, tell me, tell me why people need to get the book. What's the, what's, what's the book do? If anything up to this point has actually inspired you to say, you know what, I, maybe I can be more aware of my intentions. Maybe I have great thoughts. Maybe I should lose a little weight or maybe I want to be a little more successful. Or maybe I just want to be a little happier or, or just feel better about myself every day. And you're no different than the person next door. That Even the people you think are successful, I guarantee you they understand that self-discovery never ends and that they are challenged just like the person around the street or you know, in the next city. Learning is a, it's an everyday process. So what the book is designed to do is to walk you through a 14-day plan of understanding meditation, relaxation. You can call it self-hypnosis. It's understanding how to get more relaxed so you can put to action this goal set that we talked about, this list 
Mm-hmm. Even the things that you put on your calendar. Mm-hmm. How do you start to visualize those things to help you focus more on them? So at the end of the day, you go, oh, I forgot to do this. The, the, the one thing I forgot to do, I forgot to do. You just got to put it to action. And if you repeat something all, all on a continuous basis, it becomes a habit. That's what habits are. Habits are the repetitive action of so, the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, when I ask an audience, name three habits you have. Name three habits you have. Name three habits you have. I'd say it like rocket, like, like that, really fast. Do you know that everybody usually writes down a negative habit based on my question? They'll even start to try to ask me, excuse me, do you mean, just write down three habits. Didn't ask you, no questions. Default is automatically negative. Why? Why? Because we think of habits of being Negative. We've changed and added to the meaning of habits. My habit is I get up every day. I, I, my habit is I appreciate life, appreciate my family, appreciate the, the gift of being able to help and serve somebody, and, and I love what I do. That's a habit. So, you know, I teach people that what you want to do from a marketing standpoint is create marketing habits. So a habit might be I'm going to go to Rotary every Friday. A habit might be I'm going to go to the Chamber of Commerce once a month. A habit might be that I'm going to write, you know, something and put it in LinkedIn and create an article, or I'm going to do a video. Like for me, a habit is I get up, my walk, and I do my little video, right? A habit is once a month I do my podcast. So the more habits, marketing habits that you put into place, the more you increase your business, right? Absolutely. It's the same thing, right? Yes. I talk to sales teams all the time, and they're going from one sale to the next, I got to get the next sale. If I don't have the next sale, you know, I'm having a bad month. What do I do? Maybe check in, maybe the time that you're down, check in with my, your clients that have, you've served in the past, or maybe try to figure out how you can create a relationship with that client on a regular basis. And so you're doing it. You're, you're a living proof of a marketing machine. You're walking, talking. That's, that's your brand. And I, I agree with you. You go to, to Rotary not to close a deal, but to build relationships. Right. And to help out, and at the same time makes you feel good, yeah. Because you serve the community, yeah. you serve get other people that need need help. But at the same time, people get to know you, and now you're marketing yourself. So now, in everybody else's mindset, Steve's the guy. Steve Beecham's the guy. <laughs> Who do you call? Steve Beecham. Call Beach. Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, it's. it's well, it's, that's what but, I mean. My my thing is, is that I. My big thing, the, the thought, you know, you talk about repetition too, which we need to talk about. How do you talk to yourself in a positive way? And one of the things I say to myself is, who am I going to be Santa Claus for today? Who am I going to bring a gift to? Who am I going to wow today? And so I'm actually every day looking for that opportunity to wow somebody, to really blow them away with an introduction typically is what it is. And, and, and that's why I sleep so well at night is because I usually have at least one of those in my day, you know. Um, what, um, what about people that are, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But they do repetitive sayings and stuff. Affirmations. Affirmations. How important is that? Well, I've been listening to motivational programs since I was probably 15 years old. I've probably worn the cassette tapes out of, <laughs> from Zig Ziglar to Tom Peters and I was fascinated, you know, with the Napoleon Hills and yeah. all that, the whole generation of just, you know, people were thought, well, what is this stuff? And what I learned was, is that life is so much better when you're more positive. I know that positivity is not going to make you a richer person, but it just makes life better. And it changes the way you look at things. 
something bad happens, my first instinct to train my brain is, well, could have been worse. <laughs> That's great. I mean, it's a training. So I've repeated to myself over and over again, something that I think is my worst problem could also be somebody else's gift. Somebody else would trade places with me to have my biggest problem because their problem is even bigger. Hmm. So in life, I think it's important. That's one of the things that we, I teach you in my, my audio programs and my book and everything else is just what I've learned from other people. I'm not, re I'm not inventing this stuff. Right. I just, you know, it doesn't it, need to be invented. No, no. I mean, it's just, listen, uh, he, he, here's a perfect example. Mindset training has been around for a long time. Attitude, gratitude, belief systems. That's, <laughs> we didn't invent this. But what I do understand is that it's so important to share this information with other people because there are people that get stuck in that status quo. Right. That don't understand, well, I just could never be as successful. I could never lose the weight. I could never have the clients that, you know, the guy in the cubicle next to me well, could do. And they, those people haven't spent the time and energy that some other folks have in reading about that and wanting to get better in that area. Right? But here's what I also know. Even when you're successful, even that you, when you're at your top of your game, there are people that go, well, I'm checked out. I, I've hit my limit. I don't think it could ever be as good as this. I don't think next year could be as good as this year. Oh. And and you know, they, there are yeah. people that are extreme. I'm, you and I both know people that yeah. have sold their business. They go, well, I just could never do it again. You know, that was lucky. Was it luck? No, but maybe unless you won the lottery, that's luck. But you had to buy a ticket. Right. <laughs> but listen, something got you where you are now. So yeah. I, I think it's really important for you to realize that it goes beyond an affirmation, positivity, um, optimism, confidence. That's just a piece is what you're saying. I think it's a part of it, and it's understanding that it takes hard work and giving yourself permission to do those things. Mm -hmm. uh, listen, losing weight, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> All right, let's just play it safe. You're, you're not going to be able to eat a whole pizza, okay? You're not going to be able to eat the stuff you eat every single day. But what if you just made some modifications? Okay, you're in sales. All right, it's been a tough year. Okay, fine, I'll let you say it one time. Right. Stop saying it. I'm, I'm, you know, people are coming out of COVID and coming out, well, I'm so used to this and I don't want to go back to the office. All right, fine. Somebody else will take your place. We'll find somebody else that wants to work harder than you. Mm. Figure out ways to grow. Figure out opportunities. And, and honestly, I'm a big believer is the more people know about you, it broadens your circle. Take your circle of suggestion and broaden it every day. Everybody you interact with, you, you have an impact on. You could have an impact on somebody, the next person too. You right. don't, you have no, you and I, you, right now, you and I are having this conversation. Forget the camera, forget the mic. I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell my wife, man, I, I love that guy, Steve Beacon. <laughs> and we're going to talk about you tonight. You're not going to be around. But I think it's real important to remember that when you're not around, people are going to talk about you. And what are they saying? Huge. I call that buzz. You know, I wrote a book on that. And I think a lot of people aren't really tied into the fact that other people are talking about right. it. Right. And what are they saying? And is it what you want them to say? Right. So how can you change that to make a huge impact on your small circle and how your circle can become bigger and better? What difference can you make? I, I think sometimes, 
and I, and I, listen, I'm not trying to walk in anybody's shoes, whether you're in sales, finance, whatever. Listen, I, I'm talking about real life skills here. Forget about the numbers for a moment. F focus on what your purpose is. Is that different than passion? I think it is. Yeah, because you can have purpose and have passion for that purpose. They work together. They can work together, but they don't necessarily have to, in my opinion. Let me, let me give you my, my take on that. I'm passionate about riding my motorcycle, mm -hmm. but I don't think that's my life purpose. No, no. You know, my life purpose is to help other people get from where they are right now to where they want to go. And when I discovered that, everything changed for me. Because now that's the lens that I view everything that I do in. How do I, when I meet somebody, how can I make their life better? How mm -hmm. can I be Santa Claus? Right. How can I help them get from whatever their struggle is and whatever it is to where they're trying to go? So I think that's my life purpose. Great. Because when I, when I came up with that was in 2009 and 10 when the mortgage business was terrible. I was doing 10% of the business that I had been doing, struggling like crazy, trying to decide if I wanted to even stay in the business. And when I realized that, then I realized that the business is really not my purpose. It's what I do in that business. My business is the widget that allows me to express my purpose. Change the way you think. Every single day, it will change your world. It's huge. It's the number one thing, right? It's, it's... All right, let's switch gears. Okay. Tell me okay. how you market your business. Because people don't, you know, I tell people this all the time because, you know, I'm in the mortgage business and I have a side hustle with speaking and stuff. And um, and I love speaking. and and But to grow the speaking business is no different than growing the mortgage business. You got to get out there and people got to know about you and people got to know what it is you do and you got to find those people. So how do you grow your speaking business? I go off this principle and you and I had lunch and we talked about this. I go off this principle to create walking billboards. Okay. I mean, you see a billboard and you, it flies by and it's very impressive and you're like, wow, they must do really well if they can have a billboard, right? But wouldn't it be great to have that billboard walk around and connect with all these other people versus saying, staying, you know, at one place? So every time I, I have an opportunity to speak, somebody reads my book, uses my app, I'm hoping it makes such an impact in such a profound way that they become my walking billboard to advertise to other people. So in marketing, we're always trying to come up with different ideas. You're doing it right now. This podcast, this information podcast, people get to know you. Mm -hmm. You put, you know, it's you're not paying me to be on. Uh, you know. Oh, big money. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we better pour that thing. Uh, but it, I think it's you have to figure out what people are doing. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to make a better wheel. Right. You don't have to get outside your box. You have to build a better box. Right. Let's face it. I mean, right. I, what am I telling people anything different from the next motivational speaker or the next self-care person? Probably the same message. Right. But I'm packaging it in a way different from everybody else. When I created my hypnosis show, I did the opposite of what people thought of. So when we talked about hypnosis at the very beginning of the show, swinging watch, 
I've got to look, I'm going to put you under, it's intimidating, I'm going to drop my voice down and play a little, maybe some smoke would pop up in the back. And everybody was doing that. Literally every hypnotist looked like a If you had a lineup of hypnotists, like hypnotist, 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 nope, accountant. Okay, so I want to be the opposite. I, I, and I took the opposite look and I just did it different. Plain simple. And I start getting booked at the events that nobody would ever book a hypnotist. Who would ever think about booking a hypnotist at a corporate event? Right. It's an HR nightmare. <laughs> Sorry, I keep hitting your mic. Um, I just wanted to make it so appealing that people were like, I, we have to have Ricky. So it's a show. So my show itself then was marketed that was so appealing and so engaging it did everything a client wanted it engaged employees it was fun people talk about it after i'm gone they're still talking about it years later i still have people in emails say oh you came to our party at 2005 you were at a convention in 2012 we're still talking about you i did my job yeah and I, and, and oh, there's another unique element i'm going to share with you whoever hires me and this is i'm going to reveal my biggest secret here <laughs> And I think you can turn this to any business. Well, that's what we're after. My job is to make the person that hires me the hero. Make them look good. Make them look like a hero beyond looking good. Give me an example. I want everybody to go, you, Steve, you hired Ricky Kalman? Thank you. You... you knocked it out. Home run. All that stuff. I want everybody to give you the accolades. I'm walking away smiling. People How go, do you do that? Do the best job I can do. Do the best job I can do. Exceed so everybody's expectations. it's about the performance? Or? It's about the performance, the material, uh, giving them more than what they expected. I mean, all the little simple things we mm -hmm. forget about. S sending, you know what? Sending a handwritten note. When's the last time you actually, um, you probably do, but there are a lot of people who go, I just type it. I send an email. I send a text. Hey, thanks for having me. Send Get away from that. Go back. To, you know, when people get now mail. Hey, Sally. Really appreciate yeah. you having Thank me. Thank you. Thank you it for a lot to me to be there with your yeah, people. Exactly. You know, uh, it just, it, it now does that make Sally that's marketing? Right. Does that make Sally call her friend that works at the next company and say, Hey, you got to have this guy in. Yeah. Or if Sally's at dinner with a friend of hers in another company, they're talking about events. Oh, you already have somebody booked next year. You book Ricky Kalman. In fact, we've had him back now five years. <laughs> and so that I'm not selling myself. That's how, so you're getting it through referrals. Yeah, yeah I think it's, so it, it depends on your business. So if you're in the financial business, mm -hmm. uh, that's the, one of the biggest obstacles I think that the, I hear from my financial advisors or insurance salesmen is getting, I got to get new clients. Well, keep making your clients now that you have happier than ever. That's so old school and so many people have forgotten that, Ricky. I mean, just serve your clients that you have now. They're like, I'm just going to get another prospect off the internet. They're yeah. not even, they're not, they're not realizing that that's where the meat on the bone is. Serve your client now. Yeah. Create such a mindset with your client now that now you're, you're, you're their best friend. Well, I mean, and it's be. not fake. And you want to be. It, it's, you are their best friend. Yeah. Plain and simple. Because I tell people all the time, right, if you look at your top customers, always your top three or four, five, ten customers, they're not just customers. You have a relationship with them, right? You're going to ball games. You're going to the beach with them and their family. I mean, they're deep relationships, usually where somebody has top customers. I'm very loyal. If you do good work for me, you, I'm, I'm you're my guy, and I will stay. You know, 
Right. I moved into my home 17 years ago. The same guy that started cutting my grass 17 years ago is the same guy that cuts my grass today. So, plain and simply, he play. He does a great job. We have a communication. We talk. You know. But, but do you think you and I are more like that because we're small business people and that we see that in our businesses need those kind of relationships and other people that don't have that kind of business. I'm selling computer software and I need to go sell to the Fortune 500 companies and I got to get to the guy that's buying that software. Do you do you think it's any different for them than it is for us? You know, if you go back in history and you even talk to the people that are not with us now or with us today, you, you listen to these, these entrepreneurs that have done so well, started with $50, started with $3,000, had to get loans from their parents, started, and determination is it uh so they weren't handed you know people you really admire and you go wow how'd they do it they worked hard they showed up they didn't complain right i mean i i talked to a ceo on my podcast um recently and i had what's the secret of your business you got 300 employees your multi-billion dollar company and assets what do you what do you how do you get the employees to to work so hard and grow your show up do good work i'm waiting for this really long methodical answer this training Show up, do good work. He was, it was, I'm like laughing. It was I'm that like, simple. It was that simple. He goes, and every question would lead to that. Show up, do good work. And we were laughing by the end. And, but it's so true. You know, um, show up. Show up. Half of life is show showing up. up. Great work. Yeah. Show up. I mean, the, uh, simple things. Y- you know, if you're on time, you're late. You know? Yeah. You're late to me. I, if you're on time, be, I'm always way early for everything. But because if I'm not on time, something wrong. I'm, they're waiting for me to be on stage. I'm, I, I'm an line. hour backstage every time I walk on stage. I'm an hour backstage by myself, sitting around, waiting. I would rather wait. By the way, my room is 10 floors above me because I'm in a hotel room. But an hour before a performance or a speech, I'm at backstage. Showed up early, I, without a doubt. And every so often, a client will say, uh, "Hey, we're we're running a little bit early. Is that okay? Can we can we start soon?" I'm like, "I'm ready when you are." Or, "Hey, we're going to be running an hour late. Is that okay?" Absolutely, no problem. Part of customer service. That's right. Okay, so how do you decide how to charge somebody? How do you how do you figure out? You know, in our business, like if you're a real estate agent, you're going you're in, and it's 6%. Right, it's Everybody's fixed. the same. In the mortgage business, pretty much everybody like works for 1% origination fee. That's kind of what everybody's always done. Attorneys, eh, a little bit. I'm $300, $400, $500 an hour. That's all. But but when you're, when you're in entertainment or you're a speaker, how do you decide? Because, you know, it's like a band, like one band's a thousand bucks, one's five thousand, one's fifty thousand, one's a half a million. How do you decide what your fee is? And I'm asking you that because a lot of people I think don't value themselves enough. They don't charge enough for what they do. You know, it's basic economics, I guess, at the end of the day. Supply and demand. Well it's supply it, and demand. The good it, thing is there's only one Ricky, right? You're right, but there's a lot of speakers. Right. There's a lot of speakers, a lot of entertainers. A, a lot of price ranges. There's a lot right? of price ranges. So what are you worth? Do you go by the philosophy, hey, what are you expecting to pay, and then let me figure out, or do you say, hey, this is what I charge, take it or leave it? Yeah. 
I mean, and so you've convinced yourself. I'm going through this yeah, mentally. So you yeah. convinced yourself, hey, if they want me, this is what it's going to cost because I'm going to bring all my goods 100%. Well, I'm putting on my show, and this is what I expect to get paid. And if they can't pay me that, I'm okay with it. I'll skip and go to the next. Steve, you remember the, the pet rock? Yeah. I mean, think about that. Somebody took a rock and... For those of you that have no idea what we're talking about, a lot of people that don't know. You, you can Google this. There was a time in our life that people sold a rock as a pet rock. And I don't know what it sold for. $10? It's a rock. Didn't matter. It Probably cost you could them buy, anything. You could, buy, you could pick up a river rock. You know, anybody. And they put eyes on it, had a little case on it. How did that person decide how much to, to charge? They put a price on it. They created demand. I mean, it's basic marketing. You're talking about marketing. People are watching your show right now because you have been so successful in your business and you've come up with such great information. You're in the information business. That's what you are, Steve. And so you provided such a service. Now you're an expert. There's a lot of people that do mortgages, but I'm going to go to the guy I trust and is extremely knowledgeable. Why do I know he's knowledgeable? Have you seen how many videos he's got? Did you, have you watched his videos? Have you heard his podcast? Do you see what he talks about? That's what you're doing every single day. I cannot stress. My background is in marketing. I, so I went to college. I, I, I was fascinated with marketing. And I'm like, I, I know that I'm going to use everything I learned in college to market the business that I'm going to create. And I still use some of the same techniques that I learned in college. And sometimes I have to go back to the simple principle of communication skills. and. Right. Everything else, but so are you the kind of person when somebody calls you and they say, you know, they say, hey, we'd like to have you, and what's your fee? And you give them their fee, and they go, you know what, we really can't afford that fee. Do you try to sell <laughs> them up to your fee, or are you the kind of person that just kind of says, you know what, I understand if you can't do it, you can't do it. Yeah, I, I think you have to believe in your product. Some people fight right. really for their price, right. and some people just lay down. Well, I think if you lay down, then you're devaluing your product so you need to fight for your price well or not fight for it it's just not the right time maybe you'll hire me when you do have a bigger budget yeah you know, but do some, you go into the part I, from a sales standpoint and go i understand that and some people that are in that price point aren't doing this and this is what i'm going to do actually this is i'm going to help you better do you well i think you, again you look you at feel you, that need to, you to look, do that you look at the, the person that paints your house i'm sure there's a lot of different price ranges for people to paint your house right what quality do you want? Do you want somebody that's going to put down mats, plastic, move furniture, put tape down? Do you want somebody to spend time detailing and prepping the wood and sanding it and priming it? Depends on who's paying me or my well, wife. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it goes to, that's the principle. It's like, what, what are you providing that people are expecting? What quality of service do you want? So I think it goes back to, what, what is your business? What, what do you serve? What, even if you're, maybe you're a server, maybe you're a bartender. You know, um, I, I was out with drinks with friends the other night. We went out to dinner, went up to the bar. My friend asked us what we all wanted to have for a cocktail. Looked over the bartender and nodded. My friend told him the drink menu and the guy had an attitude. He had an attitude. It's a nice restaurant. Kind of, you know, a little bit, Gave him some attitude, like, because he was saying, hey, can you make this one this way and this one this way? And it should be whatever you need, yeah, whatever you paying. want. I'm here for you. 
The next 20 seconds of interaction, I'm going to make this the best experience. And you know what? It shouldn't be, well, he's going to spend $40 on drinks. I better get that $20 tip. I think it's provide the great service. Think about what you're doing at that moment. Right at that very moment, that, they missed, that bartender missed the mark. Because I still remember now walking out of there, boy, that place was great, but that bartender was a jerk. Yeah. So you think about that on a marketing aspect. So if you are serving a bunch of people, now whose fault is it that the bartender was a jerk? They really, on a marketing aspect, let's talk about this for mm -hmm. a second. The mindset, if you're owning a business right now, whose real fault is it for that, that person? In my eyes, not, you might disagree with me. Whose fault is it that he's a jerk? Yeah. It's his fault. Let's go a little bit deeper. Who's responsible for the operations? Well, then, the, then the guy that hired him. Yeah, the guy that hired him. Or the manager yeah. or the owner. Yeah. So at the very top, it's like, okay, well, if he's got an attitude or he's not delivering the service, that's the, what they expect in the quality of service of that restaurant. And if somebody's not aware of that attitude, then I say it's the person above them. Yeah. And try to figure yeah. out what's the problem today. Do you, is something going on? Yeah. Maybe maybe you need some maybe you shouldn't be interacting with people yeah. because you're making a difference on the experience here. And if they're not aware of that, then shame on the person above them. Yeah. It's it's branding. It's, it's quality. It's it's um it's an interesting thing. It's culture too, right? Creating a culture where, you know, are you creating a culture where you're empowering your people? No. Are you creating a culture where hey be you know, be tight with the pennies and nickels, give them one olive, not two, right. you know. And then what happens? I mean, you th we talk about, oh, I wish I was like Disney. I wish we were like a Ritz-Carlton. Right. I wish we, you know, well, what? it's interesting. When people talk about Disney or a Ritz-Carlton, they don't bring up at first how much they spent. They talk about the experience Great, first. Yeah. And what is that experience now? It's engraved in your mindset. So they're really good about creating memories that last a lifetime. Right. If you've ever been to a Disney property or bought a Disney product, they create memories that last a lifetime. They impact families and friends. And that's what we all need to do. We didn't even talk to about create, the product yet. To create a while right. with the person that's paying us. We're providing them the service that they want, not the service that we want to give. I challenge everybody, right. if you're in business right now, I don't care if you're in the service business, I don't care if you have a, a small little product that you're selling, and if you think just driving a truck or, or delivering food isn't worthy, I'm telling you, you will make an impact on people, and you'll see how things will start to change. And it, it's really interesting. You ever seen the videos of, of, of somebody that just exceeds somebody's expectations? The police officer running traffic, uh, have you seen them dancing and they, they make the news? or the delivery person that does something a little special, or the UPS driver that, you know, that does something special every time. People talk about that. So I went to Riz Carlton, and I was talking to them about that because I went when I went for the, the second time I went to Ritz Carlton, I, I sat down at the bar, and the guy said, Glenn Levin and Water, Mr. Beecham? And I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, dude, okay, you got to tell me how you know that. And he's like, well, last time you were at our bar, you ordered a Glen Levin and water, and we knew you were coming, and so I asked you about it. And, mm -hmm. and then we talked some more, and he said, you know, we all have this card we carry in our pocket. I've got his card that he gave me in my drawer now. And on that card it says, and this changed everything for me, we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. 
-hmm. He said, we, I'm the best bartender in town, and so I'm really good at what I do, and you come in and you're the best at what you do. We're the best at what we do, and my job is to serve you when you're in my business, and when I'm in your business, your job's to serve me. And I went, oh, my God, that's awesome. Because at the time when I was in the more early in the mortgage business, you know, I would say, you know, let's say I lived in a $300,000 house and I talked to somebody and they were getting a $200,000 house. I felt like I could talk to them, right? Mm -hmm. But then somebody called me and they were doing a million-dollar house, and I was like, man, they're bigger than me. That's that's a big deal, right? And I didn't know how to do that. And then I finally, after I saw that, it was a mindset change for me, and I'm like, no. I'm a gentleman serving another gentleman. He's just really good at what he does, and I'm just really good at what I do. doesn't mean I need to be living on the same par as him. I'm just damn good in my business, and he's damn good in his business. Ladies and gentlemen, there you go. serving other ladies. Yeah, I mean, this isn't rocket science. It really isn't. It's not complicated. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really simple. Sometimes we have to go back to the basics and yet we are in a technology era and we have, we have to have the latest and greatest, fastest, more efficient. But sometimes we have to think if everything else around us gets upgraded, now think about this, if everything around us, we will go for an upgrade because we want it to work better. Why don't you upgrade your most valuable asset? And that's your brain. And that's what you're after. Yeah. Help people. I want to help you upgrade, upgrade the your software in your brain. Plain and simple. It's not rockets. I'm not, this is not going to be some, oh, I didn't know that. Seriously? No, you do know that already. You just weren't using that information. It was still tucked away. It was hiding behind something. I mean, most of the time, fear, fear is hiding behind success, right? That's or, what I'm sorry, as, I said that wrong. Usually success is hiding behind fear. fear. Yeah, usually success is literally somehow stuck behind fear. We got to get out of the way of fear and doubt. And I, I read a Napoleon Hill quote where he said, fear is not knowing the answer to a question. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, you're scared to go do something because you don't know how it's going to turn out. And you have a preconceived outcome of, of failure going. already. So... We sometimes we don't try something based on we've already played out. Well, I don't want to fail because failure creates pain, and I don't want pain. So why try in the first place? You know right. why should I even try to? Why do go this? through the pain? Why 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 should I lose weight this week? Why should I try? You know what? It's the holidays. I deserve it. I I don't. I'll do it next week. Well, next week is next week is next week, and so we we get into a pattern of not even. Act on it now. Yeah, act on it now and make it a habit. That's right. I want to be a better golfer. Okay, what are you doing today? Well, I'll do it this week. No, no, what are you doing today to be a better golfer? <laughs> Start with that simple, simple thing. You know, it just it, get out of your own way. We put up roadblocks. I talk about confidence and belief a lot. Self-sabotage. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Confidence and belief are, are partners in life. They work together to block out the dark sunglasses of doubt wow thank you ricky boom so glad to boom. be here hey thank you for being here for this episode of beach talks thank you ricky for being here don't forget go out and buy his book leverage your mindset also go download his app it's awesome 
I've, I've got it and I, and I love it. And you, you need something to kind of, you need to get in the habit of doing something positive for your brain and his app helps you get in that mindset. I got to get personal. Okay? I saw we're ending, but wait a minute. I got to get real personal. All right. um, sometimes you don't profit in your own pool. Yeah. Last night at two o'clock in the morning, I, I hear something in the house. My wife woke up in the middle of the night trying to fall back asleep. <laughs> you don't profit in your own pool. I look over. She's got my app. She's got my app on. She's starting to listen to everything. Ah, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go That's ahead. That's your hardest customer. That's my hardest customer. Yes, yes. You yes. never profit in your own pool. I think I might have just opened That's, that door a little bit. That's so awesome. <laughs> so jump in Ricky's pool, y'all. Thanks for being here. See you.